0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of SAP Industries Live, where we're exploring the digital transformation that is remaking industries across the globe as businesses move into the digital economy with new ways to delight their customers and boost their rate of success. We're delighted today to be speaking about what's going on in the global banking industry, and we have with us two excellent executives from TD Bank, Jason Cawthorn is vice president of sourcing execution, and Falk Reeker is SAP's global head of banking. Jason Falk, welcome. Good Thank you. Me. Good to see you. Um, <clears throat> you know the this this term of digital transformation. Uh, Hi, Bob. Used- I'm
1: so sorry. It's actually yeah. from TV. TV. ad uh, Jason's title is actually either TV or TV Bank Group. So I'm so sorry if you don't have that in your notes, but um, TD Bank is another entity. So we'll have to do the intro again. Okay. Thanks. Sorry about that. TD Bank Group. (laughs) Yeah, or just TD. Jason, what's your preference? Uh, I'm fine either way. Okay. Let's go with TD Bank Group.
0: Very good. All right. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this latest episode of SAP Industries Live, where we're exploring the impact of digital transformation that has remade industries across the globe. Today, we're delighted to be able to speak with a couple executives from the banking industry to talk about the incredible changes that have taken place there and what an exciting future lies ahead for banking. From TD Bank Group, we have Jason Cawthorn, who's the Vice President of Sourcing Execution. And from SAP, we have Falk Rieker, who's global head of banking. Jason Falk, welcome, it's great to have you. Thank you. So gentlemen, before we talk a little bit about this exciting present and future that is taking place in banking, I just wanted to ask to set the context a little bit about what has sort of led us to this moment. And Jason, if I could start with you, um, understandably, for regulatory reasons and others, the banking industry has been a little bit slow in adopting the move to the cloud, but it really seems now to be picking up a lot of momentum. Could you talk a little bit about what some of the reasons that the banking industry has had to hold back and why that is changing now as we move forward?
1: Sure. Um, I would see it as that we're, we're cautious and and, you know, the bank has been typically a pretty Early adopter of technology, uh, historically, uh, from mainframes all the way to ATMs. But you know, given the, the cloud changes, it's a very different proposition. As we are also, you know, as, as well as being adopters of technology and users of it, we're also the shepherds and custodians of, of thousands of employee and millions of customer data records. And there's a pretty huge expectation from our consumers and the markets and the regulators that we take this responsibility very seriously. And These expectations are just growing, and the stakes are getting higher and higher as the the adoption increases. And certainly, I think a lot of the the high-profile data breaches and whatnot that are in the news are also emphasizing the the absolute necessity of of being careful with what we do here.
0: So, Falk, you know, Jason raised some good points there. Um, You get to speak with banking executives from across the globe. What's your take on, you know, where things have been and where they're headed?
2: Yeah, I I think you always have to put it into perspective. Uh, When we talk about the banking industry, the banking industry has one of the highest, if not the highest standards when it comes to cloud operations and cybersecurity. So banks also have made significant investments in terms of money, in terms of people into world-class data centers over the past decades. No one actually had better IT centers than the banks have. Uh, Banks have huge IT departments as well compared to other industries. So they have the skilled uh, uh, human resources, the skilled staff that can deal with these complex uh, scenarios when it comes to IT. And just to give you an idea, JP Morgan intends to spend 15 billion US dollars this year on tech. So uh, I think what this all shows you is how important tech is for the banking industry. And uh, you have to put that into relation to what Jason just said at the very end. Lastly, there's one thing banks cannot afford to lose, and that's the trust of their customers. So consequently, banks must be very carefully evaluating and take a stepwise approach when moving to an external business model with cloud operations via third parties.
0: So Jason, in light of the context that both you and Falk have offered here, what is driving this change now, this this move to a, a different type of banking built around the digital transformation that lets consumers or business customers deal
1: with banks in whatever way those consumers would like to? I think I think Falk alluded to it in his answer a little bit, which the banks are moving from, TD Bank in particular, moving from a build to a buy shop. Uh, So no longer in the the big, big building, big data centers, no longer looking at buying only on-premise compute and storage, but actually taking advantage of the hyperscale, you know, providers that are out there. Um, And this is a relatively new phenomenon. and, And there's a massive amount of, of kind of investment that was made in, in historical practices that are now shifting. And, and customer preference is driving that, I would say, largely. And also just the the economies of scale, like the scale we're talking about, it's not you know thousands of servers, it's millions of servers. And yeah. it's you know, gigabytes are not storage, it's petabytes and, and stuff like that. So the scale is just enormous. And there are providers out there that can do this deployment rapidly. And customers are expecting their experiences to be improved like basically on an ongoing basis. It's not a once every five-year cycle or three-year cycle when it comes to products. It's becoming agile and fast, just like any kind of uh, hyper-digital environment. And and customer journeys and expectations are are on that same kind of platform now. And that's where the expectation is at. And that is accelerating the adoption. I would also say that these, these providers have realize as Falk also indicated that banks are heavily heavily regulated they have extremely high standards and they should and that means that they they can't sell just the same type of maybe commodity type you know services uh, that they could to a, an individual or a smaller business hey Jason
0: it's uh I was intrigued by your answer there about the move from build to buy right and and that's you know that that makes perfect sense these days with what's going on. But for somebody in your position there, you know, VP of Sourcing Execution, how does that change your engagement with the tech community?
1: Well, it certainly has, has raised the expectation. Um, you know, in supply chains and the banks, you know, at, at TDN, you know, it had typically been a smaller type of function. The expectations were not as, as high. It was focused uh, heavily on commercial outcomes as always. But now and now, you know, more and more, Our expectation is to deliver with speed, but also help navigate a lot of the the secondary reviews and checks that we do as part of our diligence. Diligence is more than just some reference calls or running an RFP. It's also conferring and conferencing a lot with internal subject matter experts on areas of privacy, on cybersecurity. on on all kinds of elements and they're, they're emerging all of the time. So it's a lot more of a um, quarterback role is how I often use it, that we may not always have the ball, but we're trying to drive that ball down the field. We should always know where it is. And our goal ultimately is to get to that end zone, unless someone, you know, needs to stop it and rightfully so, because they have a concern or a question. And then we figure out how we address that together. It's very much moved from, a sole negotiator two people in a room pounding out a contract to much more of a collaborative partnership approach which does slow things down a little bit but not in a not in a poor way in a very necessary way given the stakes that are uh in play
0: yeah Jason that's I think that's a great way to explain that need uh, for companies like uh TD to both, be as urgent as you can be, but also as cautious as you must be at the same time to balance those things. Um, Falk, let me turn this over to you. What what is uh, what are the factors that you see with the banks that you talk to across the globe that's driving this need to move into the digital world?
2: Uh, that's <clears throat> that's a very interesting question because uh, you know what what we have seen and what we are seeing at the moment has has changed uh, quite a bit yeah so at the beginning, it was mainly about cost savings uh, Bob uh, yeah. most of the banks made the move from uh, the uh, from from internal data center to external data center because of cost yeah um, And what happened uh, with most of the customers I have spoken to yeah or uh, what I've seen is, yeah, there were some cost savings yeah, with moving your installations from internal to external, but the business case they had, it didn't work out to the extent they expected because they just moved what they had from their own data center to another data center. And yeah, you get maybe 5%, 10%, maybe somewhere 12% in cost savings, but it's not dramatically changing the game. Yeah? Yeah. So uh, a lot of customers understand now that they have to see the move to the cloud as an opportunity to streamline their operations, to challenge their existing business processes as well, to challenge their existing landscape as well, yeah, if they can do things smarter than they have done over the past decade and decades, yeah. And this is, you know, where where, where we say you know the move to the cloud is not just a technical move the move to the cloud is from our perspective also a business transformation yeah so we advise our customers on the best practices regarding a specific uh, business process like source to pay yeah uh, or hire to retire or record to report yeah So along these business processes, we try to now in the cloud set standards, streamline business operations so that a lot of the own developed processes, the one-offs disappear, yeah, which makes it obviously much more efficient for our customers to use these uh, operations. With giving the opportunity to them still to differentiate where they need to differentiate, yeah, only to differentiate where they need to differentiate. And I think that's something you need to take a close look at when you make this move to the cloud.
0: So Falk, is it fair to summarize some of what you're saying there is, if in the past the you know IT upgrades were generally giving you a, a more efficient view of who you were before, a little bit faster, a little bit less expensive, the cloud gives banks the opportunity to become the new type of businesses they need to be in the future, as well as carrying on the great traditions they've had in the past?
2: It gives them a lot of more agility yeah, yeah. than what they had in the past. And also time to market. Yeah, Adopting new technologies in the cloud is literally much faster than you do it on premise. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think those are things that have to be taken into account when doing such a move yeah uh, with all the cautiousness you have to keep in mind as a bank yeah but the opportunities to to benefit from a business perspective uh, with the move to the cloud, I think that's the key of the entire business case
1: yeah yeah I would agree with Falk there because in our own transformation, we spent a lot of time preparing for, you know, using a third party that was going to be cloud-based and, and that, that really benefited us. And it was not, it's not like glory work. It's not like really, you know, cutting edge, it's fundamentals, it's basics. It's, you know, how, what's our data structure going to be? What taxonomy are we going to use those fundamentals? We had, we had largely landed on before we even went to market to find a, a partner. And, and that preparation was essential because as Falk pointed out, cloud is not like the old managed services where you took your mess and you made it someone else's problem to execute. It really does require you to understand what you have today, where you want to go, and you have to be prepared for that because otherwise it, it really could be a, a very unpleasant deployment, if you will. And, and we, were, we avoided a lot of that by being prepared and taking our time and not rushing.
0: Well, Jason, that's, a I I think, a, a great perspective here because I was going to ask you, you know, there's so many things that are involved here and you, you've touched on some of them. So as you undertake these sort of sweeping digital initiatives, how do you set the priorities and what are those things that move to the top of your priority list?
1: So I think, I think a lot of it is just understanding your workflow and how you want it to operate because a great great deal of benefit we received was digitizing our workflow. Uh, We'd already had digitization when it came to our agreements, when it came to even doing RFXs, we were electronic, but we didn't have a really robust workflow. And that was really helping us because everyone had their kind of mental to-do lists or their best practices. And then what we did was we layered on um, and this was kind of unique, we integrated a lot of the enhancements required for due diligence into our workflow. And the beautiful thing is it's very consistent. It's very repeatable. It's easy to teach. And my favorite, it's easy to audit. And I don't have to go and dig through all my stuff to find yeah. out where everything is. It's all there. And and it's, it's 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 a lot of work to set it up, a lot of work to test it. And certainly a lot of work to refine it once you go live, which we, we'll never stop doing. We're always refining it, but it is robust and we've we've all benefited from it greatly. It's enabled us to be much more effective, but also um really play that quarterback role more effectively. I now have metrics into different sections of, of our operations that we never had before. Why are we getting stuck in certain areas? It let's us do root cause analysis and gain insights instead of anecdotal, boy, this, this really seems slow. Now it's like, this is consistently slow. What's the root cause. Let's go and fix it. Let's get faster. Yeah. The,
0: the, the quarterback with uh, sort of, you know, an analytics engine in the in the helmet that uh, can keep, keep things up to date all the time. Um, Folk, what are you, what are you seeing as the, the priorities that banks are, deploying as they make these big moves.
2: Yeah. Um let me first, you know, I, I answer this question obviously from what I see with our portfolio. Yeah. That might differ obviously from vendor to vendor, yeah, depending on what they are focusing on. Yeah. But I would say, you know, as a as a rule of thumb, you, you can say it all started in in the back office. Yeah so functions like hr procurement uh, were the early movers uh, for the move to the cloud uh, mainly because uh, uh, of the sensitivity of of customer data yeah which uh, go along with regulations uh, that were not as easily to put into the cloud as as other data yeah um so i think that was the starting point, yeah, uh, that you had these kind of functions like HR, some marketing functions as well, yeah, when you when you think about uh, um, uh, uh, providers that are, are in the CRM space, yeah, they went into the cloud very early as well. And, uh, you know, this continues now with ERP, yeah. So our customers have moved, starting to move over the past three to five years into the cloud and they are moving fast. Yeah? Now that these examples have been set within the organization that you can actually manage these applications in the cloud, they are much more confident to take other applications like ERP into the cloud as well. Along that, we came up with programs like Rise and Grow, where we, to a certain extent, and I pick up now that quarterback example from Jason, Yeah, where we uh, are maybe not necessarily the quarterback but uh, the coach yeah yeah to to guide you through that process yeah with having stakes in the game obviously yeah but we are not doing it all ourselves we're doing it with the customer we're doing it with the partners uh, but according to a certain procedure which we call rise or grow with sap in the meanwhile i would say there are not any applications which are out of scope to be considered to move into the cloud. yeah, uh, And that's for me the most surprising thing. It depends obviously from country to country. We yeah. see very much uh, differences by geographies, but if you're on a market like the United States, uh, or uh, I believe I can speak for Canada as well, uh, you have uh, in alignment with the regulators the possibility to almost probably move everything what you have into the cloud if you follow the rules
0: yeah well can i just get your and jason please feel free to jump in on this as well what sort of time horizon uh falk would you see for you know if that complete move to the cloud were to happen is that two years ten years
2: I think that uh, if I go first uh, sorry Jason I think that's uh, that's a question each organization needs to answer individually yeah because we have organizations quite frankly that have a cloud only approach yeah when you think about some of the new uh, startups when you think about smaller organizations they are radically changing they're saying cloud or nothing yeah mm-hmm. I only take cloud yeah now when you are, a big bank, yeah, uh, a systemically uh, important bank. In addition, yeah, then you you cannot just want to do what you necessarily want to do. You mm-hmm. have to do it in steps, and uh, and and that can take years, decades, yeah, depending on the appetite you have, yeah. But uh, I think uh, it's fair to say the banks trying to consider to the move to the cloud as fast as they can, yeah? Um, And depending on the risk appetite uh, or the, you know, being an early adopter, being rather a follower, you see differences uh, between the organizations and you see also differences, as I said, between geographies.
0: Okay.
1: Jason, do you have a thought on that? I I would agree with Falk. I think it is very bespoke to the organization. Uh, I know here at TD, we're constantly testing and exploring, but not always taking the plunge. Uh, And I think that's right. I think that's very right to do so. I think there's some very obvious candidates and some that either, you know, the providers aren't ready, the industry's not ready, the regulators aren't ready, or some combination of all three uh, might cause us to not put all the workloads into the cloud. And I think it'll be some time before you'd see a, a very large bank, put everything in the cloud. I think that's going to be a ways off myself.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, Jason, you know, you've described a lot of the initiatives, the priorities. I I particularly like the point you raised a few minutes ago about now auditing can be uh, instead of a once a year ordeal, it's something that you've now built in, in some ways, the, the preparedness for auditing into your workflows. Could you talk about some of the benefits now that you, uh, TD is realizing from these
1: digital initiatives? Sure. It's a massive amount of benefits. Uh, You know, the the obvious one is using our information more efficiently and effectively. Um, TD Bank is large custodian, as I mentioned, of information, but using it effectively is a challenge when things were paper, you know, they could be sitting in the same room and you'd never know that there was a correlation or there was an insight to be gained. And, And more and more that that information is being used really effectively. Um, you know, to to generate better customer outcomes to, you know, to make us a better bank, which is, you know, our whole goal. Um, So I'd say that's the big one. Uh, With my own department, uh, we have just amazing insights now into our spend that we didn't have before, uh, our execution timelines, you know, our sourcing events, what benefits we generate for the bank. And it's all hinging on really good data quality, because as we've moved to a buy shop, the criticality of supply chain and sourcing has risen considerably. To it's very important that we are reliable, that our data quality is excellent, and that we can derive insights for all of our businesses. We impact every line of business within the TD Bank Group. We work with all of them, and so there's an expectation that we're able to service them quite effectively. And that would not be do that would not be possible in a manual way. It just it would be very clumsy. It was email driven. You know very common uh you know for for a lot of places that we're trying to evolve but I, i'm very happy to say that we're, we're we're there we're doing very well we're very very modern as a previous boss used to say and i really do appreciate the fact that not only are we able to do quality control right and then be ready for audit which we always were pretty good at now i can do quality assurance which is a really good thing to be into. So instead of waiting for someone to tell me this doesn't work, we can see it and get in front of it and be preventative and coach the team and, and ourselves on how to be better. And that, that's that been a huge breakthrough for us.
0: Um, Jason, as you described those, those benefits, one of the things that came to mind for me is if I'm an employee, all of those benefits are going to make my job more interesting. And in this time of talent shortages and, and so forth. It just seems the more engaged your employees can be because they can feel they have more of an impact in the work they do. It's not so repetitive, perhaps, as it's been in the past, but they're looking forward to uh, new opportunities, new capabilities that the bank can offer to customers. It just seems like a much more, um, you know,
1: uplifting environment for your workforce. Uh, absolutely, it is. And, and people are excited uh, and very energized. You know, we have lots of opportunities for people to provide ideas across the bank. And those ideas are taken seriously. And, and a lot of them are implemented to you know to great effect. And some of them are, are directly customer impacting. Some of them are indirectly customer impacting, but everyone's got a very customer centric mindset, including even myself in my area where we're not really customer facing at all. We're very back office, but my internal customers are TD bank employees. They're TD bank leaders. And they expect me to be customer-centric. So we're building a lot of that uh, with our our technology and tools, a lot more self-serve channels. You don't need somebody to help you do something we buy every day. Just you can get your own thing. We'll lock it down, we'll provide you the catalog and off they go. And really making it seamless and and transactional, but more like the Amazon experience, instead of like, oh, I need to go and poke somebody, send them an email, they'll get back to me in a couple of days, and so on and so forth. So we're moving. As hard as we can to self-serve and then low touch and then that'll leave the the complex you know tricky stuff to the experts instead of you know weighing down the you know our our payload our our execution yeah. uh, payload uh with a bunch of stuff that really should be really easy and really simple and i often tell my staff that you know something as simple as office supplies or a PC or whatever might seem like a commodity, but that really does affect someone's work day. It really matters to them. It's very frustrating for them if they don't have what they need when they need it. And so it's on us to make sure that they they get that fulfillment as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Falk, you've got uh, a front row seat to see some of the benefits taking place in the banking industry. What's top of mind for you on that front?
2: So uh, I I touched on a couple of points already, so I I don't want to repeat them uh, uh, um, necessarily. So I spoke about the cost savings, uh, spoke about uh, um, applying new technology and getting the right business benefits out of it. But let me illustrate that with an example. So everyone is speaking about artificial intelligence at the moment. And uh, obviously it's a new buzzword and everyone says... we are doing something around artificial intelligence. So when it comes to our strategy uh, at SAP, yeah, we have a, what we call a business process specific AI strategy. Yeah, That means we are not just providing a tool. Yeah, We are providing the intelligence as part of the business process.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, why is that important? Because if you just have a tool and play around with it, it doesn't deliver business value. Yeah, It might be a good demo, it might get some attention on executive level, but where the rubber hits the road is if you implement that technology in your business processes. We do that in finance, we do that in HR, we do that in sourcing, we do that in sales, we do that in analytics, we do it in business process intelligence. So we are applying that uh, AI technology all over our portfolio, yeah? Now, how does cloud play into that? Now, when you are on the public cloud version, you're always on the latest release. You always get the latest innovation right as part of your code line. If you're a private cloud, you are close to the lo- latest release. So mm-hmm. you have to upgrade within a two-year time frame at least once, yeah? So that assures you that you get these latest innovations at least near time. And that's how we feel the cloud is very beneficial by applying these new technologies, not just as a, hey, I have a tool on my platform yeah uh, and I can play around with it. No, we embed it right away in the business process. So yeah. you can, you can get, going back to sourcing, making uh, contract consumption predictions, for example. Yeah? or a, guiding buy, uh, a guided buying procedure in Ariba. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Those are things that are supported by machine learning and more sophisticated AI scenarios. And exactly this will be part of our solution portfolio. And I think the cloud is the key for adoption. Yeah, And, and that helps uh, really getting our customers the full benefit out of our software.
0: Yeah, uh, Falquet said that the cloud is the the ben uh, is the key to this adoption. I think uh, you know the research that I've done shows that AI was first mentioned, I think, in 1956. So it's almost 70 years that it's been around, but only yeah. <clears throat> sort of with the advent of the cloud has it become tangible for most people. So, gentlemen, uh, final question. I wanted to ask. Uh, huge progress to date. I think you've both described. I think very eloquently the need for banks to be urgent, but also cautious and balance those as they go forward. What are the issues still facing the banking industry as they move into the digital world? Falk, if we could start with you and then over to Jason.
2: I think the the biggest challenge are still the different requirements and standards for cloud operations across the globe, especially for large internationally acting companies, yeah? We have no global standards. We have no common position on data privacy and cybersecurity. When you look at it across the globe, of course, we have regional agreements, which are definitely a step in the right direction. But it's different from regulator to regulator. And I just had a customer implementing our ERP suite. And he had literally to talk to more than 50 different regulators to assure he's in line with the regulation. And I think there is a huge potential to, to make that way easier going forward with uh, common standards and common guidelines.
1: Jason, what do you think? Well, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Falk just said there, but uh, from my perspective, this security is top of mind. Absolutely, every time we're, we're looking at this space uh, because that ties into it, the privacy, the cyber risk, all of those elements and a lot of concerns too about portability and transferability, because you know vendor lock-in is a real thing and it always has been. But with the cloud, it can be even more daunting. And what's the cost of that transition and that change if you chose to make it or you had to make it? Because there are situations where you may have to move. Um, and not having all that infrastructure and data within your own four walls—it's a big shift. I mean, it used to be okay. We've got to move our stuff. Okay, we get you know get the dolly out and move the rack. I mean, that's kind of what it was or, or some other thing that was fully within your control. Now it's really not within your control. And so as a result, our diligence, as I mentioned, is a lot more enhanced and we're doing a lot of more trust, but also verify. And what I mean by that is fine, we, we, we come to terms on a good agreement, everyone's sharing some risk here. They know what their obligations are, but then we're also saying before we make the arrangement formal, show us, show us you do this. Because we have we've discovered, and I think other people found out the hard way, um, that, the, you know, people sometimes will say, yeah, we do this, but maybe not in a way that we understand, or it's not up to our standards, and our standards are very, very high. And as a result, we do a lot more vetting, but I do agree very, very <laughs> highly with what Falk said about the, the myriad privacy laws in particular, and regulatory uh, challenges that are geography based are, are quite a, a labyrinth to navigate. And we're doing the best we can. I think everyone is, but it is, it is tough and it is changing all the time. And so with moving goalposts, man, is it ever hard to get to that end zone? Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, Jason, well said, and, and Falk, my, my heart
0: goes out to that uh, executive with meeting with 50 regulators, you know, uh, that who that's, uh, that's a lot. Um, let me just ask, before we wrap up, final thought, uh, Jason, What do you, anything from you you'd like to add?
1: No, just uh, very much appreciate the time with you guys. Today It's a great discussion. I'm very passionate about the space. Uh, I really love what we've done with supply chain here at TD. I'm very excited by our digitization and transformation. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for banking in general. I think it's going to be a, you know, it's not considered a very exciting space, but I think it will be. I think it'll continue to be for some time, but thank you.
2: I would like to pick up uh, the the vendor customer relationship uh, once more, what uh, Jason said earlier. I think it changed the better. Cloud makes it uh, really, uh, makes us move together. Yeah. So we only can achieve our common goal jointly. Yeah, And it's not like in the past where you throw a software over the fence and the customer implements it and you do some maintenance. No, you're all in this together. You operate it together, you implement it together. Um, and uh, and I think that makes it exciting and uh, more efficient uh, for for both parties.
0: Yeah, well, great. Well, Jason Cawthorn from TD Bank Group and Falk Rieker from SAP, thank you so much for being with us here on this episode of SAP Industries Live. Thank you. Thank you. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here as well. There'll be more coming up on SAP Industries Live. We look forward to seeing you next time.